This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. Alongside me, as always, big fan of Icy Poles, it's Mitch Doyle. G'day everybody. And uh, Dale Roots, what's your favourite flavour of Zupa Dupa? Zoop, fairy floss. Of course, that is, is that the correct... question? Yeah, that's the correct answer. Are you sure? Yes. We're going with that? Well, it's two okay. against one, mate, so... It is well, manifest. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm not really a big Zupa Dupa man, to be honest. I'm un Australian in that regard, but I don't know if Fairy Floss is my favourite. Um, before we kick on again, just want to we'll shout out again to our good friend Damon Berg, who provided the mixer here. We've uh, got two mics. It was it, w- it was we're learning, but uh, we should be good for question time having two mics passed around. But it beats the audio quality of last week's episode where uh, Dale was on the moon despite sitting on Bungard's lap. Yep, <laughs> and uh, it seemed to cut in and out every time we changed who was speaking. Um, I got an I got a comment from an unnamed listener who said, the, "Please never." It was relayed to me by someone else and saying, "Please tell the boys." To never have audio quality that bad again. I was so desperate for my rugby league fix, I had to listen to Den and Kemp's podcast. We didn't say you didn't have to listen to the bad quality. So we're s- <laughs> just, I'd like to apologise. So, yeah, sorry. We're sorry. Uh, yeah, I mean, what, what can you do? We're here now with a good audio, and we couldn't give you no content. But, uh, yeah, it definitely feel, felt like the old audio quality of the old get around these days, which yep. most of our audience probably aren't around from there anymore. No. But the, the OGs remember. The OGs remember the podcast from five years ago. So... Anyway, we're back with uh with question time earlier than people would expect to come again. But yeah, we're back again look with question at you guys. time. Our the, loss of mixer is your gain of content. Of content. Uh, so we've got you know the usual Patreon and uh, and Twitter questions as we as always go to. But we'll start with our questions over on Patreon. Are you serious? Yeah. We're gonna have a of questions. So first question comes from our good friend Manny McP. Manny McPherson says Mitchell. No. Oh. Now your rugby league season is over, how excited are you for the NBA to come back? Did the Cleveland Cavaliers get invited to that no. tournament where all the teams except like three got invited? No, that's why I groaned. It felt deliberate. It is. <laughs> that so was my question. I know. I mean, no, the Cleveland Cavaliers are not going to Disney World. Okay, they are staying at home. And I'm excited for NBA to come back so I can do degenerate game, same game alters again. I miss that. Yes. My healthy bank, my bank account is healthy, but my spirit is not. Nothing, nothing better than sweating the number of rebounds in a game that's been the, decided for the, the better part of the three be, quarters. The bench centre that's playing the Brooklyn Nets, mate. Look, they can't, they can't defend. The game. That's what I'm saying under the rim. So, anyway, uh, no, I'm not excited for the NBA to come back that much because, like, it feels like that's a matter of time until something goes wrong there. Because every second player seems to be getting coronavirus at this point, and like, you're just backing so many people to do the right thing for so long. So yep. many more than you're backing in, in the... Actually, maybe it's a similar number to the NRL, but like this country has not got a lot of coronavirus cases, especially in New South Wales and Queensland. You're backing people to go to the hotbed in Florida. And yeah, that's the... I mean, I understand that the wide world of sports facilities are great down there in the Disney complex, but like Florida is like one of, if not the biggest hotbed of coronavirus in America right now. So it's just, it's, it's, I, I, yeah, as you said, I think something's going to go terribly wrong. Yeah, Florida had more COVID cases announced yesterday than Australia has had ever. So that's going great. Yeah, wasn't there like 40,000 cases announced yesterday or yeah, something? Yeah, and that's they also good. had that amazing video that went viral the other day, the woman arguing to the state parliament about how wearing masks is oppressive and how God gave us breathing systems for a reason. They're, they're <laughs> so fucked. She is right. The wearing the mask it can kill you, but you have to like wear the same mask for like seven days because people don't know if you. Not everyone here's had to actually get into the mask life, but masks only have a certain amount of times they have to throw them out and not use them again because you do catch bacteria from your own body going out and stays in the mask, and you've got to replace it. Another bacteria too, but uh, yeah, she's like yelling. Literally, you're killing people. Well, not mm. really. Just like. America and Brazil racing to be the most coronavirus fucked and then country. She, and then she ticked all the... Bill, she just threw Bill Gates and 5G out there too, because why not? Tick all the boxes. But, Gotta uh, love that. Brazil if, being that bad... Yeah, because you know they're not gone. They're not, not tested in for in Brazil. You know it's not great. But no. Victoria, our own Brazil, ruining yeah. the fun for the rest of the country right now too. It's true. We'll never get borders open because of those morons. Um, Mitchell Smith, how long until you guys take control of the Broncos? That'd be cool. Would it? Maybe... For us, it would be. Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah. Look, the bar is, would be set incredibly low now for the next people who are Broncos admin or coaches from here. So, 
I guess you can't do worse. Dale than and that. I would just sign meme players the whole time. Like we'd give Keegan Hipgrave a five-year deal. It'd be great. Yeah, and Anthony Seabold would be coach forever. But I would also SpongeBob meme people on Twitter when he's they were quoted at me that <laughs> Anthony Milford needs to be sacked. <laughs> Anthony Milford needs to be sacked. They'll go back. <laughs> I think that alone could give you much-needed therapy in these troubled times. At NRL, at NRL Broncos CEO or some shit on Twitter, I'll be. That'd be good. Yeah. And then the good thing about that is if you if you like if you run the joint. Who is going to sack me if I'm just going rogue on Twitter? Then this would be great, though, because we could also get bad contracts from our own clubs off our books. Like, if we ran the Broncos, I could just give Dane Gagai $900,000 a season. Or your other worst contract, Latrell Mitchell. Uh, but the problem is that if, if Gagai <laughs> oof, if Gagai went there, he'd be wearing a maroon jersey, and then he'd be really good. This is troublesome. Oh, that's actually a really good idea, then. So that's our first act as Broncos... Brain's trust is to sign Dane Gagai, and he will yeah. play at Suncorp and wear maroon all the time. He's only good on like weekdays, not weekends. And the well, man of Thursday, Thursday night every week. There we go. Oh, look at this! We've stumbled, stumbled into a brilliant idea. Yeah, um, good. <sighs> okay, Andy Valente with the ultimate poor white troll to be fire Harvard and immediately hire Kevy. Yes, I mean. It I'd enjoy it if they did sack someone. That Kenny probably gets a job next because, like, it's just going to be like the you know. Like when the Bulldogs signed Depay. We just need someone who knows the Broncos, you know. Just got to get an old boy back in or something. Like if they go the total opposite direction, probably could, be Kevin next. Could we have like Bronx of... Is there a Bronx of War equivalents? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure. The, the Cavalry. The Cavalry, yes. Um, like, uh, but it's... It, at least with the Bulldogs, they rotate between having good coaches and then getting some guy who knows the club. Like, it's just not going well for Seabolt. So, you it actually can't get worse. Yeah, I, think. I, I do so. think he... I, I'm trying to think. You guys might know. I've got the brains trust here now. Who has been a more out-of-their-depth, full-time first-grade coach? Like, Because caretakers, I'm not going to include the guys who no. get thrown to the wolves. They're not ready for it. We talk in early South days for a worse first-grade coach, Tim, than Siebes. Paul Langmack. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. I mean, like... That's Seabold, here, right? Seabold, I know a lot of it was David Ferner and a lot of it was the players that Madge left behind, but he still coached Souths to a very, very respectable 2018 season, like, for better yeah. or worse. Like, that did happen. Whereas Paul Langmack's tenure at the Rabbitohs is, including the time we got kicked out of the competition, the most embarrassing time of my Rabbitohs fandom. Yeah, um, if people don't know, by the way, he... Uh... Seabold was also at that manly team that was coached by Trent Barrett. I was not literally great, just about to say Trent Barrett. Not a not a great resume, but that's my other modern one. Like I'm not even saying Brownie because at least he you know he did terribly, but whatever. He actually won some games back at the Dragons too. Like uh, I, I think Seabold is down there though with how they're performing. Like there's seeing it. It's hard to predict that. I obviously never was on board with him, but. The thing it got untenable this quickly and the team giving yeah. up this quickly, it's a miraculous effort. Dale might be right. Though. I think Barrett's probably the best answer purely because of like the fact that their team was almost the same as the Hasler teams that have been like humming the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, it's not great. It's yeah. not great at all. Not great for Seeds being uh, the uh, at the Manly at the same time too. Agreed with myself. God, I said <laughs> Oh, well. Okay. Next question. Carlo Tyson, a Newcastle Knights fans forums the darkest place on earth after a Knights loss. Well, specifically after a Knights loss, yes, I, I imagine so. But if you, I think the, the broader question is like, what sports fandom has the darkest place after they lose? It is right up there. Yeah. The brain of Nick Campton after a Raiders loss is probably number one. <laughs> Poison um, place. Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't want terrible. to live in there. Um, M replied to Carlo's uh question on the Patreon thread and said Arsenal fan TV would like a word and I think that is a brilliant shout I mean that biz- that that was literally that's basically the model that Broncos Weekly is going down but like it is. The, the <laughs> Ars- Arsenal fan TV grew so much in those last couple of Venga years purely because people just loved seeing these angry middle-aged dudes crying and yelling at each other and you know this is true by the way you say this on this week on Broncos Weekly our first guest in two three years another angry middle-aged fan is it is it DT <laughs> it's not but it's um is it troops? But it's Benny DTD. It's very there we close. Go. <laughs> Fucking hell! <laughs> so we're gonna have uh, get him on there. He asked to come on and win. People have asked it over the years, plenty of times. But we're like, you know what? Let's just do it. Look, and our main just... regret is neither of us actually live in Brisbane because outside that stadium right oh, now. Oh God, that, that's so much to be made. You do, and now you just need like you need like a like an old guy that gets progressively more unhealthy looking with every bad season that goes past who just yells, it's time to go at the end yeah. of all his rants. And then give it Kevy till end of season. <laughs> give it Kevy till the end of the season. Is, oh. That's exactly the former club legend. Give it Kevy. Like, we can do this. I mean, that's... But I think the Knights fans form are very dark. I mean, who's... 
who who could actually do this? Billy Ace, just go start your own Broncos fan TV outside the stadium after games. Just do it for us. Yes. Why not? We'll, we'll put you on the Broncos Weekly YouTube page yet to be created. Yep. <laughs> and the Facebook page. And we'll take all the credit. But you well, you can... have thousands of fans who think you're the actual Broncos, and that's why they like the oh, page. Oh, mate. If, PN, if our PNG fans think we're filming those videos, <laughs> the actual <laughs> club. And yet we do get almost on a weekly basis some random message from a PNG fan that's telling us, number one club, please send jersey. It's like, okay. <laughs> well, you said it. I guess I'll send you a jersey. But yeah, I've not been on Knights fans forums, but I do believe that uh, from what I've seen from the Knights fans, it's a very dark place. But uh, Twitter after a Broncos loss now is not only dark for Broncos, but it's like the rest of the fan base, are just uh, rest of the NRL fans are just frothing. They're loving yeah. life. I so think very if I had to place. rank the most pessimistic fan bases, I say Knights and West Tigers are one and two. Oh, West Tigers already cheer. They already know like two weeks before they're playing a bottom two team. They've already racked the loss up. Yeah. Spent two weeks. They're talking about it again. They're playing the dogs. Well, we would play the dogs by the time this gets released. But not t- Tigers fans are on Twitter losing their damn minds. But also, I think like a lot of a lot of Tigers fans, at least a lot of Tigers fans that I personally follow and we follow on the pod, like they've kind of started to lean into the. There's no point to rugby league at all. We're just going to come ninth, man. Yeah. Like they're they're ninth. They're probably ninth at the moment. Wasn't the thing that they were ninth. Since were we talking about this the other week? They were ninth since X, whatever it was. Um, like at least they're leaning into the meme. I think it's you know it's one of those stages of grief. Eventually, you've <laughs> kind of got to you've got to bargain and accept your, your meme status. And and the Tigers fans have started to do that. Yeah, and um, they've done that. But it's just interesting with the, with the Tigers as well. I hate that the voice sitting in that spot. Sorry, with the Knights. So Knights fans have just been told it's like being okay. You should be happy. You know, just being an okay side and making the top eight, you should just be happy now. It's like, oh, that's it. They were so bad now that they're not allowed to expect to be good. They're so bad for that period. That's it. You should just be happy you've won some games. No. Go away. I like that Adam O'Brien's changing that yeah, attitude no, a little bit. You should just be happy you won some games. That was a but terrible then again, loss. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay, next question. Our good friend Shanta, Michael Gregson, says, My team was competent for the first time in six years. I'm still expecting them to slip up every week. How long until the mental scars heal? I think it's kind of like what I'm going through with Leeds right now. Like, you... Until it's done, they never they, they never truly go away. Like Leeds are almost mathematically guaranteed a promotion to the Premier League right now, and I still am just like, no, it's not going to happen. So, and Raiders fans feel the same way. They always know that something's going to go wrong with their team. And Penrith are in that boat. But I'll tell you what, Shanta, the Penrith Panthers are good. They are. They're a good football team. Yeah, uh, if you guys remember back in our season preview, we didn't pick them to make the eight. I don't think any of us did, but I no. mentioned that I'd been out there in the off season. It was the first time in years they looked like a happy bunch. And I spoke to the analysts there and they're like, yeah, it's the first off-season that was settled without, you know, off-field issues or, or massive squad movement or whatever. And they're good, man. Like, there's some players there. James the Harris has always been good the last two, three years playing in the middle. And he's been great this year and taking another step. But Isaiah Yo at lock, what the hell is going on there? And somehow I think, uh, despite everything that's happened, I mean, obviously there was the off-field stuff last year. And there was that off-field stuff during the break this season, but like somehow they've become more likable. But yeah. they're, they're still getting their tires pumped by the media, but somehow like they're playing better, more consistent, more fluid footy, and somehow they're likable on field now. Yeah, they're kind of like, for me, there's a term used in NFL fantasy circles, like post hype sleepers. It was like, yeah, people, I didn't like the hype squad's pretty gone, like, like, but we've kind of given up on hyping them up that no one hyped them this offseason. They get, you know, and they've been really good. There's some young players they still get pumped up, but like, you know, um, I think Nathan Cleary's actually having a good year so far and he's free of his shackles without Maloney. Yeah. Dylan Edwards had an okay year. It's weird when he's come back. I didn't expect anything from Dylan Edwards. He might be this year's Braden Burns. Christian Crichton's awesome. Um, um, Stephen Crichton, sorry. Sorry. Christian sucks. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, they're good. And now they've only got, for the rest of the season, because they've already beat the Roosters and Storm, for the rest of the year, they only have three current top eight sides. Yeah. The Eagles, the Raiders, and Eels. Wow. And like... And the fact that James Fisher-Harris was ever wasted on an edge is crazy in hindsight. Like He's one of the best forward middles in the comp at the moment. Yeah, it's ridiculous. They even tried it again last year for like two yeah. or three games. And James Tarmow's pretty, been pretty good as well. He's really good He's really good on Thursday. And yeah. yeah uh, the defense is great it's, though. It's this is what strange. happens, mate, with good teams. Yeah. This is how teams turn good. Like Their attack still has issues, but if you're solid defensively, and you, that you eventually the other team will crack. Generally frustrating. And, the, and Panthers' defense. The strange great thing is, year. though, they lost probably their most well-recognized and likable player in James Maloney, and somehow became a more likable team. Don't really understand. Yeah. They were just. Um, it was true when Maloney was there. They just him and Cleary were better when each other wasn't on the field. And yep. It seems to be doing it now. Like Cleary's the field general. What's wrong with his face? I don't know why. Like what happened to what? Are you, what are the? What's was he paying him? tribute to Nelly? 
<laughs> in the middle of his head. Country Grammar was released, I think, 15 years ago this week. Yeah. So, now look, I don't want to talk about what. Like, I don't like Nathan Cleary. That's Nathan obvious, Cleary's but... head looks like you've you've drawn an incorrect polygon on paint. My God. But uh, yeah, not a great looking man. But yeah, I think the mental scars probably never heal until you turn into until you turn into a team that just keeps winning for like two, three. Sorry, years. Sorry, I misspoke. Country Grammar was released uh, twenty years ago yesterday. But yeah, the um, the only the scars heal for a long time, right? It's the same thing. Like it took me a long time to stop expecting the Broncos to be good back when Wayne left the first time because I was just so used to them being good forever. I was just like, oh, no, we lost one or two games, it'll be good, good again soon. Although even recently, like I remember a couple of years ago, we lost to the Titans. And we still made the finals and, and you know, whatever. But I remember thinking losing that Titans, that was the Broncos' floor. That that was a few years ago. That was uh, that's good for me. Just, just 15th now. Maybe maybe 16th if the Bulldogs win this next game while we're recording. How wrong you were. Yeah. Well, good for me. Uh, next question. Harvey G. Should every Newcastle Knights fan assume the season is over, that the Knights are going to get absolutely destroyed in the coming weeks? Adam O'Brien is a myth who did nothing to fix any of the team's issues. Or is it a bit of overreaction to one bad game? I think it's a combination of both, but I will say that um, the Knights, this basically happened to them last year. And in, mm. sorry, in 2018, I'm sorry, but where they started the year like a house on fire mm. and then they burnt out quite quickly. Um, and they, yeah, they, they, they've had a couple of, not, obviously not 2016, but they've had a couple of years recently where they started relatively well after five, six rounds and then fell away abruptly. And given it is about that time of the year. I can't blame the Knights fans for feeling that way, but it, it, I don't know. It does feel different this year, if, if that helps you, Harvey. I'm, I'm sure it doesn't because you're all terrified of what's to come. But I do think that there is a better attitude around that team overall this week, uh, this year, sorry, than there was last year and, and in years prior. And I think that this game is more of an anomaly than anything else. Yeah, and I mean, they, they, they in previous years, they were down 26-0 at half time. What do they lose by? Yeah, 55 yeah, they lost 30, 32 to 20. At least they bounced yeah. back in some form. But exactly. They have started to realise that Andrew McCulloch and Shibasaki both certified potatoes. That one game doesn't do it for Maka, that first one. His service is still garbage. Mm. And Shibasaki still has his hands painted on. So, um, <laughs> it's not great for uh, him. And I mean, even if the Knights don't do as well as they... like, Even if they don't live up to their potential, at least the great few weeks that they've had are now a greater proportion of the season. So, like, yeah, the season's <laughs> only 20 weeks long, so the five great games that they've had is a quarter of the season as opposed to only 20%. But, yeah, they had games, like you said, they would have... When they kicked the bucket in prior years, it wasn't like... They just oh, they they got smashed. Properly, they properly kicked the bucket. Yeah, yeah. you're right. So, it's, I think it's... You know, and Adam O'Brien will probably rip, rip them for that, too, which would be another good sign. And we'll as you say, back. at least they've got somebody who's going to kick them in the ass. Yeah. Uh, next question. Swarzy. How does one find enjoyment in the woes and miseries of other teams, specifically the Broncos? How do I find enjoyment in it? Yeah. Quite well. Is he looking for advice on how to find it? I mean, if if you're looking for advice, just put yourself in this perspective. Uh, put yourself in their position. If this was happening to your team, how angry would you be? And then just be the inverse proportion but of he, happiness. But he's been he's a night's head, he's been through that. Look, I, I I don't want to be accused of being Marge Simpson at the Wuss Bets counter, but I genuinely don't. I I, I find I would rather enjoy the positive aspects of the sport and be happy for people than to tear them down. It's like our good friend Eddie Smith every week will message me being like, I hate Souths, I hate Souths, and I'll message back, good luck for Parramatta this week, and he hates it. It gets to him so much. The positivity kills him. And I don't know, I just, I mean, I've got friends who go for every team, even the Titans. Um, this is getting too Marge now. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I cheer for all six No, no, no that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that, like, as much as I might dislike certain... You mean Marge or Mary? Shut up. Actually, God, that's worse. This needs to wear 60 pieces of merchandise at yeah. the same time. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but seriously, like, I've got friends who go for every club, and... And just one person, Mary. <laughs> I didn't mean you... Ah, uh, you. Um, but, like, at the end of the day, I'm... There's, who, regardless of who wins a game, there's going to be people that I'm happy for and people that I'm sad for. So, no, I don't find any particular joy in the Bulldogs uh, or the Broncos or whoever else being bad because, you know, I don't know. I've, I'd, ra- I'd just rather just focus on the good things, I guess. Um, I definitely found more joy in other teams' miseries a few years ago than I do now. Mm-hmm. Like, um, at, sometimes, like you said, I'd actually rather the competition be better at this point. Like, obviously, I still find it like, for example, if the... Uh, roosters were going to go this bad even though I don't actually hate the current Roosters team like I lo- wish I did I would I would laugh at the Roosters collapsing but it's not going to happen 
But uh, I don't really find much joy in any team bar like the Titans or Panthers going that bad. And the Knights I enjoy for a little bit because people would stupid thinking Brownie was a good coach. But the moment he was gone, I've not de- I wasn't death rowing them anymore either. No, there just... are there are there are teams that I don't enjoy doing well. Yeah, like when Manly were good, like the fact that they've that been too. they've been great this season. I've not enjoyed that. Obviously Melbourne, like you've got. It's like Vince Vaughan and Anchorman. I hate them, but you've kind of got to respect what they're doing. But like when the Sharks suck, yeah. Malto Bene. I love when the Sharks suck purely as a Saints fan. Um, and the rest of the teams that I dislike, namely you know Melbourne Souths, they haven't been really bad for a while. <laughs> so it's there's not been a lot of Schadenfreude, unfortunately. I just I think I'm enjoying it less and less. And mine's not always the same team either. Like, I enjoyed Penrith death riding because it was Gus and Griffin. Yeah. I'm not death riding them anymore. Gus is not there. But mm. It's for different purposes. But yeah, there is definitely a lot of people who, as you said, Bungard, uh, who find all-round joy. think they have more joy when another team loses than when their own team wins. And that's when you're doing it wrong. I just don't... like. I think back to when I went to watch the 2010 Grand Final. Um, and I went because Souths were in the 20s Grand Final. And I went with a couple of friends who are Roosters fans. So I was in the Roosters' end. And like five minutes before full-time when the Dragons were going to win... like. Three guys who would have been about our age like ran down the stairs at the Roosters fan at the Roosters end with like a massive Dragons fan, just like giving pelters to everyone. And I just thought like this should be the happiest moment of your life. Like you've never seen the Dragons win a premiership, you're and you're the wasting these first few minutes of that joy trying to make someone else sad. And Campo had like this happened after last year's grand final as well. Like like we left that stadium basically as soon as full time hit, and there were already Roosters fans outside giving it to the Canberra fans. It's like a grow up and B why are you not still inside watching your team lift the trophy but all the random Raider fans are outside so that's what I've got to be I've just never understood it mate I've never understood like messaging giving someone shit after your team beats their team is that like unless they did it to you first obviously but like I, I, it's never made sense to me because like you, know, you didn't do anything like you just sat there and watched yeah, I enjoy the all-round gronking off, as you know. Again, when my team wins, I'll go nuts, but it doesn't happen very often anymore. The only the only message I want to receive at 3 o'clock in the morning from a sad Raiders fan is Campo messaging me telling me how good Jacques Cullis was. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, anyway, next question. Harvey G. Poor Kent wrote an article this week claiming the reasons the Roosters are successful and Brisbane aren't is epitomised by the contrast and treatments of Jake Friend versus Andrew McCulloch. I.e. the Roosters are good because they would never punt a club stalwart when they get a bit older and there's a, and a good young person coming through. And the Broncos are bad because they're just sort of older players. Two questions. <laughs> is Paul Kent the dumbest pundit going? The, yes. And second question, is Jake Friend the most underappreciated great player in the NRL? D- does Mitchell Pierce not exist? Exactly. That's why it's just, it's just clear uh, what? bait. <laughs> and like McCulloch sucks. Yeah, and Isaac Luke's been, actually been pretty good. There's also other guys. like the, the, this. The, every team does this. The Roosters like let Fergo walk when another club offered him more money. He'd been there for ages. They let Dylan Narfa go when another club offered him more money. That's just a couple off the top of my head. And I'm not saying they weren't... That's not... That, I'm not saying that that's like a bad thing for them to do. It's not. But like every team lets players leave for a multitude of reasons. Sometimes it's form like it was with McCulloch being dropped. And sometimes it's... Sometimes it's... You know, it's sometimes because another team can offer them more money and they don't want to match it or they can't match it. But it's just dumb saying, oh, it's the loyalty. It's like, man, the Broncos are really poorly loyal. Like, they, do you not realize... Like, you look at that club, it's like, oh, they gave heaps of money in years to... Darius Boyd and Matt Gillett and all that kind of stuff. That's not the answer. No. It's just, uh, yeah. And as you said, Jake Friend, unappreciated great player. Yes. I mean, it probably helps. It hurts his reputation. He's never played Origin, and that's been because of injury. But he'd probably get that chance at the end of this year. Yeah. Being fitness, you know, pending. I was going to say, he's playing in the same position as literally the best player of all time. So Yeah, that's it. And then when, when his time, you know, his time came, he got injured. So he never got that opportunity. Yeah, there. correct. But uh, he probably gets ended this year, if not Harry Grant, the next best player of all time. Did he did, <laughs> take his spot? Was it Fra- did Friend have like a spiral fracture of his arm? That was yeah, yeah. I think that's right. That's it. M says, "Who wins the week? Knee Super Bowl, i.e., Storm versus Roosters next weekend, and will we finally see Smith start a game at halfback." I want it to happen. I genuinely do want it to happen. Like I, I actually crazily think it's it's like their best option at this point. I'm a. Uh, I'm not in the camp of it should happen because it's not uh, like Ken Smith's game is not the same as a halfback's game because he has great vision and sees the team around. Like he's you know he's got to start going to the line directly at, at halfback and with speed to create space outside for people outside. He's got to start defending one on one in space. Whereas like Ken's been missed to conservation because his whole career has been spent being the third man in tackles from marker to stay fresh. That's gonna that a goal from his game if he's defending on the edge at halfback. 
then also like again going through the line with speed is not his thing now and that's how halves generally create space it might work for them because they have Brandon Smith at nine because that's obviously probably you think maybe some of their parts kind of thing when you slip, when you move them around but uh they definitely desperately lack a halfback of, of any note at, at, at mm. seven there like Hughes is doing his best but like yeah, they're really missing a halfback. I mean, they could go down the Dragons' route of playing, like naming Smith at seven, for, or naming Cam at seven, and then kind of just having him defend in the middle because mm-hmm. I tell you now, him going backwards and sideways in a defensive line is not going to be pretty. No, it's not going to look good. Like he, hasn't got, he hasn't got the gas anymore, and, like, no. and that's, again, how he stays fresh these days. I know it sounds dumb saying that, making 50 tackles in the middle, but he's always yeah. like... Over 60% of his tackles, he's a third arriver or later. And also, it gives him that kind of amount of being third or whatever uh, also allows him the opportunity to either play from marker or play as A. And that means that he doesn't have to get back back as as quickly. He's always at marker, Cam Smith is. And yeah, you don't have to get back quickly. And then, I mean, there might be positives on the ball, but yeah, I I don't know. Maybe they'll experiment with a bit. I know they did many years ago, they used to experiment like with Hinscliffe days and other other times they'd put Cam would play a bit of seven. When when they came on, but yeah, I don't know. Who wins though? Well, the knee injuries for Verrills and Radley terrible. It's hard that, to ever that pick just just on the just on. I said this off mic, but before, but like that Verrills knee injury made me feel physically ill. Like the way that he lands on his knee and then hops up back off it. That's what happened when I tore my meniscus, and mm. it's excruciating. And like you could see that he was in obvious discomfort straight after it. The Radley one, it's just like... Uh, it, it has been interesting to listen to people kind of blow up about the surface after, like, we haven't had a lot of track f- traffic on these grounds mm. um, for the last kind of eight weeks. But you... Sorry, you were going to say, who who wins? Who wins yeah, the... Who wins? Well, the it's hard ne- to pick against the Roosters ever, is it? Yeah, but, of uh, course. Interesting to see how they play with Radley out because he's so, so, so much a part of their shape and their offense and, mm. he, and, he, and his passing there brings a lot of width to their attack. So I'll probably still pick the Roosters... They've recalled Farmer Sealy from his loan too, which is weird, but uh, there's Jack Hetherington well, going to the Warriors. In Radley, they've worst. lost a top three player in the NRL. So. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Who said that again? I don't know. One of the pundits said he was the third best player in the NRL. Well, I mean, you know, he's he's a lock not named Tamalolo, which already means he's better than Tamalolo. That's true. Haven't. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. Uh, M says, all three of your teams only scored 12 points this week. Of the threes, <laughs> whose 12 points are most impressive? I think it's weirdly the Dragons. They yeah. played the best of the three teams against the most high-quality opponent, and they were even winning for a few minutes. Also, Matt Dufty threw a sick pass. So he that did. should be worth double. Matt Dufty's uh, kind of the chief playmaker there right now the last few weeks. It's weird. What the hell is happening? Jason what is Sarp- going on? Yeah. Jason Saab put in the get me out of here performance of the year. <laughs> what, was what was the story about Saab? What were you saying? The commute was too long? Was that his, so he's, he's handed in three release requests. And uh, the, it's come out now that apparently, and this is obviously just the latest excuse. It's not for money. It's not for opportunity or whatever. It's the commute on the train to what Wollongong's. The, <laughs> the commute's too long to the Wollongong. Commute, he, it, let's just say he lives in Sutherland, right? The yeah. commute from Sutherland to Parramatta is uh, the same. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Does he live at Leichhardt Oval? They don't even train there, but does he live there? What's I had to go down a few times last year for NRLW and stuff, like for stories, and it's, yeah. it's quite a peaceful commute. You just sit on the train for an hour well, at peace. According to Jason Saab, it's three and a half hours, and if you do it early in the morning, see how peaceful that is every day of the week. I don't know. Either way. What? I don't what? know. I mean, in fairness also, like, Bungard, you're on the train, you can read. I mean, he's a footy player. What's he going to do? Exactly. Play Candy Crush. Take a hit ups down the. <laughs> He's getting off at Colcliffe Station to just run down old nonners. Yeah. I'm just imagining him sitting on the train playing with a fidget spinner for 90 minutes. <laughs> um, next question. Paddy Lawrence says With the footy back, it feels like we've been distracted from the real reason the pod exists. Food takes. Yes. So if the Roosters are caviar, okay. what food other clubs be? Yep. All right. What food would other clubs be? Mm. That's a good question. <laughs> By the way, I'm pending stroke of this question time. It came at Twitter questions last week. It might come at Twitter questions again this week. It's fine. It's we're fine. we're we'll all rooting it. for you. Okay, well, uh, the Parramatta Eels are fondue. Okay. Huge in the 70s and 80s. It's when I can come back now and I don't like it. <laughs> I'm not here for it. I saw a Korean restaurant offer fondue, a Korean barbecue with fondue. No. And para being good, also no. <laughs> I mean, actually, I don't hate para, but it's just like... 
uh, as we know, they're one of those teams at four or five good weeks, and they are, look like well, they look like one of the best two, three teams in competition. Mm-hmm. It's just what's happening right now. They're my fondue. Uh, the Broncos are foie gras. Why is that? Uh, good, you know, big. They're they're very very expensive. It's a big club. Yeah, foie gras is quite expensive, and also like foie gras, it's uh, it's been stuffed down our throat for the last twenty years. But does it taste like shit? Uh, no, <laughs> it doesn't. No, it does not. But it, yeah. as I said, it's been stu- it's been yeah. force fed to us like That's the it. geese that we are. That's good. That's good. <laughs> um, Canberra are hot chips. Everyone likes them, but if you leave them out for too long, they go bad. Minimum Canberra. Oh, <laughs> I, I cannot get angry about anything Min- than that. My God. Chips. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I, I had a job interview the other day uh, via Zoom, really picking up the kimono here, and the bloke uh, was from Melbourne, so he was he was obviously interviewing me yeah. for the position from Melbourne, and he said, um, "What the first question that he led with, obviously, was you know, how are you coping with isolation? And his second question was, so you're from Sydney, so you live in Sydney, what do you call it? chicken palmer and i was like well i call it a chicken palm because i didn't grow up in sydney mm. and then he was like oh you know that's kind of blah 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 and he said what about a minimum chips and i was just like what i was like well we don't call it, you know there are small chips here what like how why like he's like well it's the minimum chips that you can get i was like that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> i'm just trying to be like that doesn't make sense the minimum you can get is zero yes that's what the word means yeah I hate it. people try to explain this to me like it makes sense. Like, oh, it's because they do it by the weight and then they have a weight minimum. It's like just have sizes, like how everything else in the world works. My God, like yeah, I know. How do you, yeah, whatever. It's gone. It's Sorry. mainly gone around around the country anyway. But it's yeah, it's not approaching the closest to zero chips. Okay, it's like never touching zero minimum chips is no chips. Uh, Anthony Griffin is not. A, he's not a team, but he's he is not a coach. Well He's Domino's, delivers in 60 minutes. Nice. <laughs> or it's free. Good. good. Or the result's free. It's all yours yep. after that. It's not bad. Uh, what, what else we got? What other foods we got? Um, oh, I, think, I think I'm out of, out of gear. Think, this is too good of a question to waste, though. I think Souths, Souths are like one of those like Arnott's Biscuits that's been around forever. And it's just sort of like... It's, it's, it's not great, but it's just there. They're the they're the Kingston of no 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 that's a te- what are you doing Kingston no no, no, no. Kings I like Kingston first of all Kingston's are on like the fifth tier of the Matt Bungo biscuit chart and second of all I, so I'm, I'm talking about fairness. the old school like a milk arrow oh, or a scotch like finger, a, like, scotch finger. none of these fillings mate we're not a bunch of fancy boys oh, from the bougie, from the Super with my, League with my bougie the, fillings the Kingston is a Super League biscuit <laughs> if ever there were one oof ridiculous uh, yeah sounds like scotch fingers they've been around forever they've stood the test of time yeah. If you fold them too hard, they break in half. Yeah, it works. I mean, but they did fold. Adam Reynolds' knees are made of scotch fingers. They did so fold, and the world did break in half. Yeah, it did. No, yeah. I'm pr- pleased with that. Let's uh, go with that. The dragons are freak shakes. Big in the mid-2000s, have too many, they're bad for you. No, I disagree. <laughs> I have a, the dragons are Reese's pieces, because they merged two things together. Very good. And got stronger. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Arguably. I see where you're going. I don't mind that. Don't hate that. Take it off. Yeah, okay, this is going well. I'm going to lose momentum here. I got handed the mic like a young Justin Davies. Yeah, you did. You really did. You did. Uh, uh, I did have one on top of my brain and now it's gone. But what's something that merged and then dumped it? Dump what it merged with. Oh, happens. okay. It's um, Northern Eagles, so it's Manly. <laughs> so Manly Coke, because they knew Coke for a while. And yeah. they, then they fobbed it off and went back to Coke Classic. A classic Coke was better for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Except so for Manly is Coca Cola. Except for fans of New Coke slash North Sydney Bears fans. So North Sydney Bears in this case are LA Ice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, LA Ice. Ad- that would make Adelaide Rams like Crystal Pepsi. Yes. Like they existed, but there's very little record of it ever happening. And about once every seven years, someone goes, hey, man, you remember Crystal hey, Pepsi? Hey, you remember <laughs> the Adelaide Rams? Is that a way jersey they never wore? You remember yeah. Crystal Pepsi? Think, um, yeah, I, I like the Broncos as stake though, just because it's like it was shoved down everyone's throat for so long. But now people are trying to cut back on it a little bit. People are like, I've had enough red meat. I don't need to. I don't need to eat this every day. Slash, see this every Thursday and Friday night. Yeah. Um, I guess going vegan then is every Southeast Queensland team that's not the Broncos. Yep. They're like, look, it's, I'm telling you, it's just as good. Look, I'm telling you, these plant-based <laughs> South Queensland crushes. Yes. I tell you, it tastes indistinguishable. Just the same. You can't tell that it's not the Broncos. I'm telling you, it's the same. They'd be as big as them. I did have, by the way, this is more of a dedication to you, Bungard. I had a servo pie the other night, and I bought a second to sample the plant-based, 
and it was a Seven Eleven branded one, not a four and twenty. Oh, okay. I've heard they're worse. I haven't tried those. It's disgusting. Ah, it's yeah. it has a soy aftertaste, but it tastes like soy sauce aftertaste. Oh, that's not and That's ideal. not what you want no, to meat pie. It's not. Um, I, I've only had the four and twenty ones, which are largely interchangeable with the yes. old ones that I used to eat. Yeah. Any more food things? Or Gold Coast like? Pythons. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, thanks. Okay. Good, note, good note to end on. Uh, Bert Andrews says, Do you think Paul White has written to Matt Gidley and requested copies of his notes for all of his 2016 and 2017 press conferences when he was at Knight's CEO so that he knows how to properly blame Wayne, B- Wayne Bennett for all the club's current woes? Yes. Also, how long do you think it'll take the Broncos to spit out the Wayne's fault Kool-Aid? I'm shocked that hasn't happened yet. Well, they, they, well I mean, he said the Broncos are kind of still doing it, but... I mean, and they, they say that stuff. They did now say to rebuild Carl Morris and Paul White this week, but literally over the last offseason, Paul White said this year we're a top four side. So he doesn't believe the Kool Aid, mate. He's just, that's what he's trying to sell. Like he, he said it was a transition last year. They're probably pushing the premiership this year, essentially, was Paul White's opinion. Now he's now saying, oh, look, it was a, always a long term rebuild here. You know, we're always rebuilding. I said this that. on every podcast, but I'm sorry. Long term rebuilds should not exist in rugby league. It's too easy to make the finals. Yeah. Half the teams make it. Well, Just- I mean, they don't. They shouldn't exist in rugby league because, like, firstly, with the salary cap, it's almost impossible to keep a team together for five years in this NRL. You have to you build around the same core. Like, yeah, throwing back to Dale's story time from yeah. the previous podcast, it's like no team is just keeping Jared Croker, Laurie Daly, and Brett Mullins and. Uh, Ricky Stewart together for a decade. No one's doing that. Yeah, that's it. So you just have to reload. So the one team year. that did do that got busted for the biggest systemic cheating of the salary cap in history. Yeah, so. I know that. That's you can't keep it together. <laughs> so that, that's cop out the rebuild. Like, and it was never sold as a rebuild until after it happened. Like you were supposed to be well, disappointing, not being better under Wayne. But you know, as you said, the salary cap era. Teams are supposed to every year compete. Like it's not a young squad staying together. It's you pay market rate for what you have. You know, you pay much what you have and you compete. That's it. Rebuild is the cop out of the poor team. No good teams ever said we're rebuilding. I did enjoy, I'm not going to go into any of the details on the piece or where I read it or who wrote it, but I did love someone just saying Brisbane should sign Kalen Ponga and Ryan Pappenhausen. Problem solved. What a great idea. And both fullbacks. Uh, call the Knights right now. Hey, can we have your best player? That contract you Thank wrote, you. you signed last week. Can we not have that signed? <laughs> <laughs> okay, listen, Kalen. I've heard of a model over in London. But if you message her a few times on Instagram, we'll start a story. They get What they'll do is they'll get him over there. Hey, All right, we want you to sign with the London Broncos. And then just don't let him read the contract. Yeah. <laughs> and be like, he'll be like, but I'm pl-, And then he'll turn up and be like, who, who, who's this guy? He, he, and then bang, yeah. on a plane back to Brisbane. That's it. It's a perfect yeah. plan. It's blaming the Ross is always like... And then one of the things with the Wayne Bennett departure and team going worse after, there's never any credit given to when he got there, the team immediately got better. Yeah. It's like, no, the team didn't just get... It returned back to what it was after he left. Like, I, I that's always what happens. I love the idea of him doing a homono, though. Like, Caelan Ponga spotted having strawberry milkshakes with Cara, Cara Delevingne in yeah. London. Why not? What a story. What, what a story. story that would be. Get, get him on... Well, the footy show doesn't exist, but on something. On Caelan Ponga woke king enjoying almond milkshake. Yeah. <laughs> At yeah. cookies, and, cookies and Donuts in Soho. It's Wayne Bennett's fault that Seabob ran out of substitutions about 11 people left on Saturday night. Shit. That's Wayne Bennett's fault. We're rebuilding from the ground up. Wayne Bennett should have allowed more substitutions. <laughs> he should have. Anyway, Matty McP. Isako for Mary. Who says no? Mary... <laughs> Mary McGregor? He just want to get swapped. <laughs> oh, is this from Matty McP? Yes. Oh, it's definitely Bronco Mary McGregor. Mary, yeah, I mean... I don't know how well Jermaine Osako would be at coaching. That's my yeah. first question. Well, but I, look, I, it can't be any worse than Mary. I've no doubt Mary's a better coach than Seabold. So, uh, for, yeah, give it Mary end of season. Yeah. <laughs> I was a little gazumped by that question. I was quite <laughs> confused. And the last Patreon question, what is to happen to have Ali Brigginshaw play instead of Brody Croft as Warwick Ahern? Uh, They're not far away, surely. Yeah. Brody is the worst half in the competition. I've said that for a long time. Ali and I know people are sometimes we know we overestimate the the talent or the the gap between underestimate the gap between the those competitions. Mm. I'll back her in. Yeah, the defense would definitely like you've seen Brody Croft's defense. It is like hug and hope half the time. But I mean, Ali wouldn't would not be much of a coward. Look, can't we, kick worse. We literally watched a bloke two seasons ago play a whole grand final and make seven tackles mm-hmm. with a bung shoulder. There's there, surely there's a way around this. We just just make it happen. Okay. Next That'd be Wayne's step. fault too, wasn't it? <laughs> Over to Twitter, where one of our Patreon subscribers still hasn't learned how this works. Simo <laughs> Alley. Simo's got 393. He says, what, what's our best way forward to so the Broncos? Hoping Siebes and White get taken out by COVID? Cancer? Car running them over? 
or a one brave Broncos fan in Queensland. <laughs> <laughs> one brave man. I, I, it, somebody's replied to it with a with a Mark Wahlberg. Dude, just chill out and relax. We could just have a Mark Wahlberg in in shooter situation. Yeah. Somebody oh, just goes rogue. This is uh, Butsy's response. We don't like usually read responses, but this is a good response. Broncos fans are the trust fund babies that coked up all their inheritance and they've just had to get a job at the hardware sort of Oof. <laughs> That's incredible. Yes, we are. And I'm still screaming at Daddy to fix it. Just fix it, Daddy. Get rid of him. Get rid of Paul. Make the bad <laughs> man go away. <laughs> uh, anyway... Paul Max said, underscore 78, last year you had a plan to fix the Titans. How would you fix the Warriors? Do we have a plan to fix the Titans? Like, yeah, we, you just signed Caelan Ponger and Ryan Pappenhausen. Yeah, I feel like we've <laughs> always got plans. <laughs> uh, Warriors, I don't know what they've just done this this week. Oh, speaking of Titans, though, before you continue, shout out Andy Seags for tricking the official Daily Telegraph Sport account into retweeting his fake tweet that the Titans had signed David Fafita. Well done. Buzzwell field tweet. Yep. Yeah. Incredible. Why does it keep working? It's always Buzzwell always works. I guess because you can write terrible English and you just then people just accept that he wrote it like that. I guess that. so. Um, for Warriors, it's hard for me because obviously I'm not going to say long term or any of that garbage. And I don't know of any good Kiwi coaches. And I hate saying go back to a, a, someone who understands the club, but maybe someone like Stacey Jones deserves deserve a crack there. Like, just the club for me needs, and this is easy to say without knowing their finances, needs to invest more in, into New Zealand Rugby League. And the the Redcliffe link is interesting, but that's not an investment in Rugby League there. A lot of their junior bases, like ex-union players, are relying on similar. And they haven't really put a lot of money into youth over there. And now going to Redcliffe is like, are you hoping the fifth-choice players from Queensland are going to help your franchise? I don't know. Like, I, I don't know the answer to fixing the Warriors' problems right now for how they've acted the last few weeks, but... The uh, rogue decision making from an owner or CEO high up doesn't always, st- you know, uh, stand the test of time in terms of cutting in and making changes like that. Considering the moment he got rid of Kearney, the whole place fell to shit. And even Todd Payton doesn't know if he wants the job, and he's there. And oh, by the way, that dumb theory that it was Isaac Moses it was because Isaac Moses was deregistered and he was Stephen Kearney's manager obviously came from a garbage journalist who I will remain nameless, but he has a, shares a name with some form of vermin. Anyway, this certain vermin. Uh, reported that Isaac Moses is the reason why even Kearney lost his job because he, he threatened that if uh, they didn't re-sign Kearney last year, uh, Moses would pull his players out of the club. Todd Payton is managed by Isaac Moses too, you dolt. Dolt is an underrated Anyone word. who believes that was an idiot in the first place, but the guy they've replaced him with is managed by the same man. So no, your little coincidence of time is not not accurate. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Anyone any solutions for the Warriors moving forward? Um, yes, they should sign Caelan Ponga and Ryan Pappenhausen. <laughs> so then they'd have three top quality fullbacks. <laughs> um, ser- in all seriousness, though, like you can see why they've moved to have the link. And we, you were saying that the Warriors are now going to play. The Warriors are going to play Queensland Cup, or yeah, they're just going to send their play. To, okay, so they'll send their players to Redcliffe. But like, I mean, I can see why if you're the Warriors, you would think that that would be a a good way in slash out of this problem because, like, you look at the players, North Queensland, the Broncos, the Storm, they, they've consistently pulled relatively good players. The Storm especially have relatively, pull, sorry, consistently pulled relatively good players out of Q Cup. And if the Warriors aren't happy with the standard of the New South Wales Cup, then that's their logic behind it. But this is like, a, you know, as you say, this is a long-term problem, not a, not a six-week problem. Yeah, and um, I do like the... And every club's going to be linked to now. I like the link to Wayne Bennett, but they need someone now, not not in the over a year. So, mm. no problem solved there. Okay, next question. Comes from co-host. Question, Matt Bungard says, if we talk about Leeds and Liverpool for an hour, we'll deal quit. They'll quit the show, not deal. I might go out the window. I mean, deal might quit. Deal. I don't, I don't know what he's up to. Deal. deal or no deal. Have we never had a segment called Dale or No Dale? We'll work out what it is later, but yeah. the name is too good to waste. <laughs> so, yeah. Could it be Gus or Trump, but just like woke shit? Woke <laughs> shit. Butsy Triple H says, where does Jurassic Park sit in your movie franchise rankings? And what is Mitch's stance on pterodactyls? I've only seen the first one. Yeah, and the first one is the only good one, pretty oh, much. Oh, okay. Well, in that yeah. case, it would sit quite low on the franchise rankings, I'd yeah. imagine. Uh, my sense of pterodactyls, well, obviously, I'm fearful of them. I mean, you're yeah. saying it's a bird thing. Yes, the pterodactyl, not, not, not pro-pterodactyls. Where do you stand on gargoyles? And also not pro-putting a P in front of a T. 
You yeah, grow up. <laughs> pterodactyl. pterodactyl. You. Um, yeah, it's not that high. Like you've got trilogies or more than trilogies that have like every movie is good. Like every Toy Story movie is good. All three Back to the Future movies are good. The Godfather is mostly good. Um, Star Wars bit hit and miss, but there's enough good ones that it's still a great franchise. Um, You'd like that you called The Godfather mostly good when it's one of the only films where both the yeah, first two films are one of the best. Yeah, yeah, but Oscar. part three got mixed reviews, is my point. Yeah, yeah, fair point. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. um, But obviously the first two, it could have been the worst movie of all time, oh. and, it's, and it's still an elite franchise yeah. because the first two are so brilliant. Mm. Um, I think both are still in the top five movies on IMDb, actually. The Godfather the is 10. one of my top yeah, five, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, the Nolan Batmans are right up there as well for yep. me. Um, even though Batman Begins was a bit silly, I still enjoyed it. Mm. Um, what else is there? I mean, there are, I've, I've named quite a lot. Uh, in the Indiana Jones movies are great. I didn't see the new one that came out recently, but the th- the three old ones are all awesome. They're all fantastic. Um, Harrison and of Ford course, in the late seventies, and of course 80s, the Goat franchise, James Bond. Yeah, look, that's that's not bad. Would you like it? Would you like a pterodactyl fact? Please. So he- helicopter. A lot of people think that that word comes from heli and copter. Actually, comes from helico spinning and terra in Greek, which means to fly. Oh, there you go. And that's why it's got that PT yep. as well. I'm going to start putting the P in front of a helicopter as well. <laughs> the old helicopter, Fella. Fellacopter. Do either of you guys have a different franchise you'd like to throw in there? Fellicopters are the ones that don't stop. They stop working. Fellicopters. You nailed it with the Batman franchise. Even if you're not yep. like superhero movies, it's one of the best franchises of all time. Definitely. Uh, Ryan's underscore Rovers. Has Mitch ever considered doing some coaching courses and dipping his toes in the water at junior level? Uh, yes and no. It's um, I already, obviously already working in the game is something, but um, it's a lot of time commitment on top of other time commitments to rugby league. And I've considered if I wasn't doing this kind of stuff, I might do some coaching. But you just hide behind your laptop, nerd boy. Exactly right. That's what I do. But maybe if I you know have a son one day and vicariously live through him and yell at him from the sidelines, yeah. I might be challenged to be the coach of a certain team, and I might coach at that point. But uh, nah, it's not really um, it's not really of, you know, it's somewhat of interest to me, but not. Uh, Interest for me for coaching men, not really. Can't wait till 2033 when Mitch is yelling at six-year-old Darius Doyle who's playing for the St. Ives under sixes just to throw more cutout passes. Uh, no, don't ever pass. That's your ball. <laughs> Darius Doyle. Yeah. Uh, Matt Coleman. If supermarkets restaurants are going to install automated systems so they don't have to pay humans, should you feel more corrupt for ripping them off for an avocado or a frozen margarita or two? No. Yeah, he's no. Like, although it is interesting, I think it's Coles. Or, sorry, no, it's my local Woolies at Chalora. They actually have when you go to weigh your fruit mm. or your vegetable, uh, if you're so inclined, it actually scans the color of the fruit and identifies it in their system. So, like, if you have an orange, it will only oh, no. give you the option to like it'll come up with the options for like mandarins. Oh no, they're beating us again. Mandarins, carrots. Oranges, mangoes. I was consuming so many potatoes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. but it's in there. Like they accept, they expect people to steal because they still make more money mm-hmm. not paying staff than they do. Um, but reject automation in in some industries. That's one where I. That's one where I'm not. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the answer is. Like, obviously, society would be better if no one had to do menial jobs and people could just live comfortable lives without having to like you know, put someone else's food in a bag. But at the same time, that's not what's that's not what's going to happen right now. Those people who are put out of jobs are then disadvantaged by that if there are fewer jobs. They don't just get to go home and live comfortably, you know what I mean? And the bar industry is another one of those. And I think, but just, I mean, we a couple of bars I've been to recently have this thing where they're like, oh, you just, you can tap your phone on yeah. this app and order and we'll bring it straight to your table. I don't really like that. I'd rather just go to the bar and just, you know, have that social interaction with someone. And It's also really annoying that using, ordering on an app like that. Like we did that El Camino's reference yes. to and yeah. they brought us, we definitely had about eight to 10 frozen margaritas that weren't meant for our table. They just kept bringing them and like, you know, like, you just, oh yeah, you put them down. Like frozen, but like their tracking's terrible. But then later on, we also started once we were drunk enough, we were like, hey, you guys forgot those two drinks from earlier, and then yeah, we got a free round of shots. Also, I, I, I had a like, similar experience. I went, I went on a date to a rooftop bar, and I literally got up to go. I got up to go and order for the both of us, and then I got halfway to the bar, and one of the servers is like, "Actually, no, it's easier for you if you order from your seat." And I'm like, "Oh, okay." So then, when I'm there, you expect me to then give you my credit card details and my email. As opposed to just going and giving you a $20 bill for two beers or whatever I'm getting at the bar. No, no thanks. 
Frankie has joined. Frankie has joined the chat, big big time, listening to this, getting tracked stuff. <laughs> That's it. Okay. Anyway, next question. Uh, Mad-, Mad Dog underscore No Space says, "I know Broncos Weekly will be good for it, but can we have an Anthony Seabold spray? Oh, come on, I give, I give it enough of those. I haven't got the energy anymore. Like, no. there's no. I used to, have to spray him a lot, and I used to do a lot of it, and people would fight with me because a lot of people just had faith because they thought that they, they just wanted to have faith and they thought they could bounce back. But it's like there's no, there's nothing to. Sp- it's everyone can see it. They're a garbage team, poorly coached. They're second last, so a wooden spoon chance. Like the, spray the Broncos won the spoon. No." No, they've only missed the eight a couple of times. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, not, not a great look. But uh, anyway, next question. Dangerous or anger. Can you use Patreon money to get Seabold coaching lessons? No. He's no. a million. Also, that's a waste. It We're not going to waste it. Exactly. Uh, waste it on frozen margaritas at El Camino. <laughs> Buddha Winya says, is Hodgson a, Josh Hodgson a magician because he turned Brad Hakarangi into peak Melmaninga? Huh. Oh, brutal. Tough, tough look for uh, for for Hodgson there. Uh, delivery dudes, can you think of a better definition of gaslighting than Broncos management saying it was always a plan that Seaball will be leading a three-year rebuild? <laughs> yeah, that was that was always the greatest thing ever. Oh yeah, we paid him big biscuits to come in and lead a rebuild, and except we were shit for years. Yeah, of course you did. Uh, DRSP says, is Keegan Hitgrave actually becoming a thing? I thought he looked pretty decent on the edge for the Titans, as opposed to his usual. Let's have a bar fight ways. Could be the beers talking. He is the dumbest player in rugby league. Yeah, it's definitely the beers talking. He he dropped the ball four times that wasn't called in that game, which flatters his his record in that performance. Also, he assaulted a man on the pitch. So yes, and although still, that yeah. was a great that was a great good good little bit of filming by whomever did that that got retweeted from the account. It <laughs> um, is next question is is calling on when Mitch Moses had he stayed at the Tigers and sadly had a, just had a sad case of chronic underperformance. Is Corey Norman? Mitch Moses, if Mitch Moses just stayed at the Tigers and uh, was just a sad case of chronic underperformance. I, I don't think so because, like, I don't think that Norman is underperforming. I think this is Norman performing. Yeah, this is what he is. He's um he's 30. Like, yeah. he's not going to get any better or worse. Well, he'll get worse. People kept... There's this potential in him that people see that I've never seen. Yeah, it's different to Hunt where, like, Hunt was... Like, he's a quality player who is underperforming, but he mm. still has those games where he absolutely blows teams apart. Mm. It's just that I think the difference with Hunt and Norman is that Hunt is a massive confidence player and Norman is just bad. Yeah. Um, and that's not any fault of either of those players. It's just that the Dragons had... The Dragons must have seen his early work or seen when he was at uh, like previous clubs, obviously... And said, we can get that out of him. Which most clubs do when they find a player who they think is underperforming. Mm. But what we were actually seeing in those few good games was him playing a 12 out of 10 instead of just a, instead of at his best. Mm. Um, playing beyond his capability in some way. No. He's not the kind of player who makes players around him look better. And that's what I always think that best the best players do. It's like if you see a Moses playing really well, he's got players around him inside and outside in the attack and in defence who he looks who makes look better, he makes good decisions for them, he puts them in positions to make good decisions themselves or make good plays themselves. Corey Norman does so little of that it's embarrassing as a Dragons fan he can't, like his kicking game is fine but like when have you ever seen Corey Norman say for example kick from behind the 40, landed in the 10, and pin a player in the back back backfield. I could count on two fingers the amount of times that I've seen that happen in the time that he's been at the Dragons. Hunt's kicking game is great, and he puts the players in those positions. There are other things that he doesn't do great, and you know you need someone to make up for those. But Norman just, he is what he is. Yep, and Moses show, showed more in his last year the Tigers than Norman has his whole career. Moses, and also, I mean, of course Moses was younger, so like he was potentially hungrier to go and do better elsewhere. When Norman signed for the Dragons, I think he was 28, whereas Moses would have left when he was like, what, 23, 24-ish? Young, yeah, probably younger, yeah. You know, he's chasing he's chasing contracts. He's chasing things down the line, rep on us down the line. Like, Corey Norman's, to, it feels, obviously from the outside looking in, he's just plodding along, happy to kind of track with the team's tracking. He doesn't, it doesn't feel like he's pulling the best out of himself to pull the best out of his team. Okay, uh, next question. Quag Sports says, question for Mitch, why is Dylan Edwards the best fullback in South Wales? 
Oh, we did have two good games. That that thing on Braden Burns. Remember those like five games last year? We thought Braden Burns was going to be a thing. That was upsetting. It was two games. Yeah. Well, in. it was like two games that we thought we'd be good after that. No, he sucks. It's not ideal. But that 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 try was not. It wasn't make a wish semi Radrandra bad, but it was it was pretty embarrassing. Well, I said to Bunga before this podcast the. Best thing for this pot question time is how bad the Broncos were yesterday because Latrell has been missed by everybody. He was terrible in that game, all the mistakes he made. I'm, but that defense there—he's not even in the frame. He's it's so the, bad. And when Edwards fends off Braden Burns and cuts back infield, there was so much time for Latrell to get over there, and they just scored. When it happened live, I couldn't figure out why it was so easy. Then I watched it again, and it's like it's oh, just—I'm yeah. just worried that he's just gonna like. I mean, we play the Bulldogs next week, so he'll probably put on four tries, but. Mm. It's so one-dimensional for him at the moment. The running game isn't there at all. The passing game's been decent in patches, but he dropped yeah. a ball in this game two or three times as well. And it's concerning to me that someone on Reddit can make a three-minute lowlights video of him in one game to have three minutes worth of, like, look how bad this play was. Yeah. It's not great. And I really do like Latrell Mitchell. I really do. And it's just been it's just been a struggle to watch him against... I mean, it's been great against the, the, the Gold Coasts and the and the... Warriors of the world, but you know when we play these competent teams like Melbourne and the Roosters and and Penrith, then it, it, it's been close to the worst on the ground in those Roosters and Penrith games, and that's that's a real concern. Mm. Like the 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 game that we just obviously we're recording this on Sunday evening, so the game that we just watched where Moylan set up that try after going back and then about sorry going to the left and then coming back across field. Like, there's an excuse there, for for example, for the fullback not to be in frame because he would have been over-covering the other side of the field and then had to come across before they put that before they ran back to the right. But as you say, like, Trell being there, like, it's it's not even that he's... Perf- it, let me rephrase. It's not even as if he is performing poorly, just performing poorly. It's as if he, like, he looks disinterested. And there's a big difference, in my opinion, at least. He, he, like, you can't not track the game like that and expect people to just put it up as going, oh, you know, he's just having a bad game. Like, he looks like he doesn't want to be there. It sucks. James Roberts' return can't come soon enough as well, by the way. But, I mean, I know mean, he played in this game, but he played for about 10 minutes and got simbed. Yeah, he so. did. That was fun. It wasn't. No, no, it wasn't. That was being sarcastic. Okay, two more questions here. Ryan Watts on 1988 said, if Origin pregame monologue was ever to re- be resurrected after Gus got out on top and retired from the role... Who would you like to see step in and try and fill as much of those big shoes as possible? Cooper Cronk. None of the other guys can string three sentences together. He's probably the answer by default. You yep. want like Justin Hodges trying to do that? No, you don't. No. <laughs> Sammy would just crack jokes. He's so funny. And Vossi maybe, but like on the field as well, I don't know. I don't know if it can be repeated what that was because obviously Origin means more to Gus than it does to most of the other people in the commentary left right now. And Cronk probably gets it too, but yeah. I don't think so. The only other one I can think of is if you were to have somebody there like Laurie Daly. Because like, he's done media work before. But he's also not the world's greatest talker. No, he is not. But there, there's somebody who's at least... Passionate? Yeah, he's been there and done that. I mean, Fre- if Freddie wasn't coaching. But mm. again, it's Freddie. Yeah, oh, well, funny, last question. Funny you mentioned Laurie. Last question is from CharlieZard741. Zero, he says, you think Laurie Daly will be considered for any of the 2021 coaching gigs? Depressing seeing him try to be the Joel Kane of the tab. Nah, he ain't no, the first no, he's not. He's not a fantastic coach, unfortunately. He had yeah. a great footy brain, but a great footy brain does not make a great coach, unfortunately. Yeah, that's it. Okay, that's it. That's question time. No, Not many reading errors from you this week. I'm very proud of you. Yeah, I didn't have a strike. I think last week it's because we were recording from this computer and we're tabbing back to seeing the volume and back. I had a, some form of stroke in there, something epilepsy or something I've got in the back of my mind. If we tabbed too many times and it just went. Speaking of people who shouldn't be doing pre-origin monologues. Yes, Mitch me. <laughs> Have a stroke out there you, when I start changing you, between You teams. trying to read off the order. Can we make that font bigger and spaced yeah. more and slow down a little bit? I mean, can we I play can re- this at 125 cents right. speed? I would have read the monologue before the thing started. <laughs> so I'm, I would go, <laughs> it wouldn't be reading things for the first time. And also, people would use grammar in a monologue on that because the, half the problems with these questions was people don't put a single bit of grammar in it. So... Anyway, yeah, you're probably that's right. It. Anyway, um, that's another episode of NRL Boom Rookies in the books. If you like what you heard, please drop us an iTunes review if you can. Um, thanks again to our Patreon subscribers for supporting us. And if you want to do the same, uh, head over to patreon.com forward slash NRL Boom Rookies. Um, say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. Say goodbye, Dale. Goodbye, Dale. And it's goodbye from me.